Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hello, and welcome to Our Lives Plus Tech from Nominate Trust. I'm Ada Paris, and over the past few months, we've heard stories from some of the world's most exciting tech for good projects, from mobile healthcare to autonomous transport, human bionics and virtual reality. We've explored how these areas can transform lives, the way we work and the way we live. But in this podcast, and this is the final episode of this series, I want to ask how we can shape the future of tech. What are the biggest challenges our society faces? And what might that new tech look like if it's driven to try and meet some of these challenges? Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Vicky Hearn, Director of Nominate Trust, the people behind NT100 and this series, to get more in-depth. Vicky has been a driving force behind the Trust since 2011 and Director since 2015, growing it to become the UK's leading funder of socially motivated tech, so she definitely knows a thing or two. Welcome to the show, Vicky. It's a pleasure to be here. So today we're going to be sharing some insights revealed in the Transforming Lives with Tech report based on research by Nominate Trust over the past five years. We'll also be looking into the future. But Vicky, some exciting news to start. Nominate Trust has a new name. Tell us all about that. Yes, we are a very, very exciting point in our evolution. So after 10 years as Nominate Trust, um, we're floating out as an independent charity renaming into Social Tech Trust, which gives much greater clarity to the the type of work that we're doing and the, the support that we provide in the social tech space. We've got a new strategic partner in social investment business, otherwise known as SIB, and we're really going to be motoring forward in delivering our vision, which is transforming lives with tech. Well, congratulations. We're very excited about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's great for me to have been involved in everything that you've been doing, especially recently. So let's get started. So in this series, it's been really interesting to explore the different ways that tech has been transformative, you know, whether in people's lives and their business. So, Vicky, do you have any favourite moments from any of the podcasts so far? Well, to be frank, there have been so many. It's, it's been an amazing series. And I suppose if I had to pick out one, I'd be looking at uh, the world of blockchain beyond Bitcoin. So who knew that the technology behind cryptocurrencies could be used to provide security and identity to some of the world's most vulnerable? Yeah, I mean, I spoke with uh, Raphael Maze from Alice on the show. And, you know, I think one of the things that was really interesting for me about the whole 
area of blockchain mm -hmm. is that it's about transparency and trust. And I kind of saw that it was more than just about money and finances, which was really interesting. And I think that, you know, I think blockchain was also used as a voting system in Sierra Leone. So there's lots of different applications for the technology, which yeah, is great. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a relatively new technology and people are really just exploring its potential, particularly for socially motivated uses. But it's, it's, to my mind, typical of one of those technologies that we're only scratching the surface of, of what might be possible. And it's, it's the ingenuity of people within communities to think about how it could be used for socially motivated work rather than financial or, or economic benefit. Let's revisit that conversation. Fundamentally, we use donations and impact investment to incentivize charities and other social organizations to be transparent about their impact, make that impact data accessible. Mm -hmm. And then we have a whole set of other incentives for people to systematically crunch that data and then compare and benchmark projects amongst each other. So the best or the most effective rise to the, to the top. Okay. But we have started with or we did start with the donation platform. That's actually what Nominate Trust helped us do with the initial funding. And the way that that works is you can give to a cause on Alice, but your money only gets paid out when the charity can prove that it's achieved its goals. So were there any other favourites from the series? We've had great feedback from listeners and some of their interests mirror my own. Virtual reality, uh, artificial intelligence and blockchain, but especially virtual reality. So for me, one of the standout points uh, from some of the discussions we've had around new technologies, so artificial intelligence, VR, was not only about building social purpose, but it's the opportunity to build in ethics at the start of all of this. So in one of the episodes, we had Catherine Allen from Liminal Immersive, and she made a really strong argument for this, especially in the field of VR. So let's just listen to a clip from Catherine. So more and more people are getting headsets. Yes, the majority of those are mobile-driven headsets. So you've probably got in your phone or even a device that you're listening to this on the capability to do virtual reality already. Yep. And it's, I think it's actually really good, you know, that we've got this kind of gateway at the moment. But it's at this stage of adoption that we really need to be thinking about ethics. Yes. We really need to think about how this medium can show off society's best self rather than its worst. And it's malleable. You know, it's early days. We don't have to follow the status quo. We can learn from the mistakes of other mediums, like film, for instance, or television. And for me, it's about seeing the potential of immersive media for good, thinking about the future. Mm -hmm. How do we want this to evolve? Where do we want to be in 100 years' time with this medium? And then thinking about the effects right now and on how we should make decisions. So, yeah, Catherine, they're talking about, you know, the, the importance of ethics in using the tech and developing that. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's yeah. what's been really inspiring. Yeah, I mean, her words, immersive media for good, are, are a great soundbite to summarise everything that uh, we wanted to bring out from that podcast. And it's, it's not just about use in the gaming industry, but more use for underserved audiences, how to use it for, for therapeutic purposes and a myriad of other ways that it could be used in a social context. So another aspect that I found really interesting is people's own motivations and their own stories for starting their businesses. Absolutely. I mean, it's been really inspiring to hear people like Dom Rayban at Patients Virtual Guide are applying their digital expertise to tackle challenges they faced in their own lives or their own families' lives. And we've seen a lot of that over the past five years of NT100. Yeah, definitely. And other stories that will stick with me are people such as Bjorn Ehler, who've experienced 
a life-changing moment like a terrorist attack and then gone on to change the course of his life and his work to try and combat some of that problem. So let's take a moment to revisit some of those interviews. The kids and I jumped into the water and swam straight outwards and I was absolutely convinced I was going to die, um, which really sucked. There's no good way of putting it. That was kind of the moment that I would say somehow shifted my focus because no one should have to experience that. And uh, that's been my work um, ever since, trying to make sure that no one really has to stare down the barrel of the gun of a terrorist. So Patients Virtual Guard is an application that we've been working on for the last two years that is is born really from personal experience. So five, six years ago, my daughter was diagnosed with cancer. She was treated at six different hospitals, one of which was in the United States. So fantastic clinical care, and that's the reason why she's fit and well today and has just celebrated five years cancer-free. But I realised that the lack of information she received during that process made her feel disenfranchised from the health service. So I, I did lots of research and found that there's, there's solid academic research that says that if you provide information for patients prior to a medical intervention, they experience reduced stress, reduced anxiety, and that can lead to better clinical outcomes. So the way the app that we're creating works is we're aiming to put healthcare information directly in the hands of children in a way that makes them feel empowered, engaged and informed. Um, whilst having fun at the same time. And the the idea revolves around the child creating an avatar which becomes their virtual friend through their hospital journey. And that avatar will then become the conduit through which health service information is delivered and will explain hospital environments, hospital processes and hospital staff to them so that they can understand through their avatar what that experience is going to be like. So I think just listening to that, you know, that's two very personal, life-changing stories that motivated them to get involved in, you know, what we're calling tech for good. It's very, you know, very powerful stories. It's, you know, and it it makes you feel really emotional connection yes. with them and, and what they've been through and, and how they've use that as a inspiration to put something good back into the world. And we, we see this time and time again in the work that we do at the Trust and particularly with the NT100 series. In fact, we did a, a special review a couple of years ago uh, with the theme of everyday tech heroes because there were so many strong stories coming through of people that had experienced something in their own lives, in their families' lives or in the lives of their community and they felt that they needed to find a solution and existing solutions weren't even scratching the surface of the issue. And by doing that, they've they've built really powerful ways to address a challenge and bring communities together. And it humanises the tech. Absolutely, yeah, which is which is a large part of what we're trying to do at the Trust. You know, tech is a force for good yeah. if it's placed in the right hands. So in those two clips, we just heard from Don Rabin from Corporation Pop, and he was talking about the patient's virtual guide. We also heard from Bjorn Ehler on that moment that changed his life and inspired him to focus his expertise in tech to try and target extremism. So, you know, if you want to hear more about those episodes, please do go back and have a listen. 
So Vicky, now from those inspirational stories, I want to focus a bit more on some of the themes from the Trust report, Transforming Lives with Tech. So firstly, could you tell us a little bit more about the purpose of the report? So it came about because we were approaching the fifth anniversary of uh, producing NT100. And it's typical of the way that we work as a trust is, is that we like to consolidate knowledge and find new ways of sharing it. So we wanted to look at themes that had emerged, but also do some future gazing in terms of what trends we have to look forward to that tech is making possible, but how it could be used in a really positive way for, for social good. It's been something that we've been really pleased that we've done and has been very well received. Yeah, so I was at the launch event back in November and, you know, it was great that some of the key speakers that you had at the event and looking at the, some of the key themes that came out in the report actually really matched. So for me, there were some subheadings that I thought that we could actually explore a bit further. Mm-hmm. So the first was about collaboration breeds success. There was innovation plus infrastructure and social lead tech follows. Um, so let's get started with collaboration breeds success. Why do you think collaboration is such a key pillar in transformative tech? So for tech to be transformative, it needs to bring the people who it's hoping to support along on the journey with it. So there's human-centred design. So uh, so Kenny talks in WeFarm. Um, we've worked with Kenny for many years and WeFarm is a great, great story uh, but it's very much human-centred design as its focus. So in working with the smallholder farmers um, in Africa and uh, in South America, you know, what was it that they really needed um, and how could tech best support it? So the development of a knowledge network using SMS messaging and bringing internet-style technology to those smallholder farmers in terms of a peer community sharing network when actually they don't even have the internet is a sort of a minor miracle. But it is, its origins were based on how can we support these smallholder farmers and give them the knowledge that they need to make an economic success. So on the idea of collaboration and co-creation, let's hear from Kenny Ewan from WeFarm. One of the things that we fundamentally set out to do was build a more sustainable model. I mean, we're obviously not the first people to recognize this lack of information issue, uh, but everybody else, you know, NGOs, governments, everybody comes at it from the top down uh, with a kind of core assumption that, that poor people just need to be told what to do. And I think we would never say there's not room for expert advice. Of, of course there is, but there's also a huge amount of room for, for people to provide advice to each other. Um, you know, there was a recent study that, that was done with the Gates Foundation and the FAO, which showed that some farmers were substantially more likely to implement a solution that they'd heard about from another farmer rather than an expert. And that's all about it's 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 relevant to them. They understand the language it's described in. They understand all of the context of it. So that's really a fundamental part of our model uh, to be able to scale massively given peer-driven information. Um, you know, essentially what we're trying to do is take 10 million people, one person with a question, and one person in that entire group that has a relevant answer and connect them together, even without internet. Yeah, it's, I, I just love that clip. It's um, a really great example of how a collaborative approach to tech creation has really resulted in a, a flourishing tech solution. I think there are nearly 1 million farmers in Africa and uh, South America that are now using the WeFarm system. It's almost the idea of a human blockchain where you just have this, it's not about the tech, it's about creating this decentralised system of trust and transparency. Absolutely. So, Vicky, what would be your top tips for developing a more collaborative approach? 
So in the work that we we support, we see that you really need to start with the getting a thorough understanding of the issues that people are facing in the communities that you're trying to help and support through the the tech solution. You need to get them involved in co-creating. You need to be prepared to iterate your solution based on feedback and just build it from the the ground up. It's much better to test something that's only 80% there and get feedback and change it and go again than trying to build some amazing solution that you think is amazing but actually isn't what people really value and will will utilize yeah but also recognizing what you need in terms of partnerships and channels to market so the greatest success with tech is where ventures can have a sustainable solution so that financially they don't have to keep going from grant funding to grant funding but they have a an economic model that works for their particular venture in terms of a a, a revenue stream the income from that can again support continued innovation of their solution. So what's some great advice there, Vicky? Thank you. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And actually that leads really well into the next point that I picked out from the report, which is about innovation plus infrastructure. So Vicky, can we just talk about what do you actually mean by that innovation plus infrastructure? So it's not enough just to have cutting edge tech on its own for it to thrive. You either need to have established systems and environments around it or you need to create those as part of the initiative. Could you give us any examples? Well, one I'd pull out certainly is is Alice, who we mentioned earlier. Um, so Alice is a company that's using blockchain to track charitable donations with the purpose of restoring trust for donors um, and creating demonstrable social impact. Um with the blockchain tech being relatively new, however, they also need to get people on board with the system if it's if it's ever to scale um, and demonstrate that uh, social impact is possible um, and traceable through this technology. 
Yeah, and I remember in that interview, Raphael was actually really candid with me about the subject of blockchain. So let's just take a moment to listen to that interview. You know, this is still a massive social experiment on so many levels. And it's also a, a technological experiment as well. So yeah. the underlying technology is not yet fully mature. Yeah. And we're experimenting with different ways to incentivize people to do stuff, some of which might not produce the effects that we think they will. So I, I just I tell everybody this, uh, including in, investors in Alice itself, that there are there are massive execution risks, there are massive um, technical risks as well. And even though companies like ours are, are starting to blaze a trail, we don't know yet whether it will all pan out the way that we want to. But at least you've started on that journey yes. of examining what the pot potential yeah, of absolutely. the technology could be. Absolutely. And you have people like Nominate Trust who have taken that punt with you and said, we believe in the idea, we yes. believe in the bigger idea, let's go on this journey together and see where we can get to. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it's all about. So it'll be really interesting to see where that journey does go, you know, especially in, yeah. in terms of the, the implications of the tech and the impact it could potentially have on society. Certainly. I mean, there are more and more examples coming onto the scene. Aid Tech is another organisation that we've profiled through NT100, which is trying to use blockchain to support solutions to bring social and financial inclusion to, I think they they estimate something like 2.4 billion people um, across the globe have no form of identity. And they've been using it in different contexts, for example, in, in Tanzania, to make sure that pregnant women who have healthcare entitlements can use blockchain to demonstrate that they are entitled to particular services. And as Raphael suggested, it's also about creating the infrastructure and the funding environments in tandem for these things to happen. Absolutely. Yes, as a, as a funder, we view it as our role in developing the social tech ecosystem to take informed risk, to back ventures that we we really buy into the their game changing potential that they have a they have a big vision and they have the starts of an idea as to how they can deliver that vision and giving them grant funding at an early relatively early stage but also supporting them in other ways to grow their business has proved to be a really effective model for us and we have lots of evidence coming through now of, of ventures that we've supported at this early stage, which are now attracting sizable investment from venture capitalists and angel funders, which certainly would not have happened if we hadn't taken that initial step to support them. Um, we Farm and Alice are just two examples of that. I think that what that proves is that what you're doing is you're helping to build those innovating infrastructures by funding them. So now I want to move on to the last pillar from the Transforming Lives with Tech report that really stood out to me, and that was about social lead tech follows. So, you know, this really sums up what the trust is about, doesn't it, Vicky? Absolutely does. It's, it's very much at the heart of what we're trying to deliver through the, you know, our 10-year legacy, now moving out into a new independent charity uh, with our vision of transforming lives with tech and that the social motivation for the use of tech should be really baked in at the point of design and that the, the magnitude of its impact in a social context then can be hugely amplified. So we're working towards a future where social transformation drives tech development with social mission at the very heart of it. And actually that's something I saw with both We Farm and Mum Connect on the last show. They started with a big social mission and then they realised that the best way to innovate the problem was by actually using low a low-tech approach. So going back to using SMS rather than, you know, where all of us are now with smartphones, it was, 
okay, what's the problem we're trying to solve? What's the infrastructure that's in the location that we can use to try and help us make a bigger impact? Absolutely. The the, the tech needs to be appropriate to the, the social challenge that you're attempting to address. It doesn't need to be bleeding edge, hugely innovative tech. It's a tech that's appropriate to the user community. And that goes back to what you talked about earlier about human-centred design. You know, if social leads and tech follows, how do you balance profit and purpose? So there, there is a global phenomenon where businesses are becoming more socially aware and by social that could be environmentally aware that their, their motivation and their success is actually greater if they have those interests at the heart of what their business is trying to achieve. But we do know from our NT100 research that a commercial business model can be instrumental in the sustainability of a social venture. So what you're saying there, Vicky, is that ultimately it's also making sure that there is a spirit of entrepreneurialism in everything that you're doing. Absolutely. It's critical to the success of a venture. Let's listen to a clip from Kenny Ewan from WeFarm. I wouldn't describe myself as an activist. No, I mean, I think we're maybe trying to lead by example. Um, okay. You know, personally, I think we you need to embed a social mission at the heart of your company and then just act like a company. Um, and I think there's there's possibly slightly too much of a tendency in social entrepreneurship to kind of silo everything off into these kind of social buckets, um, which I, I get where that comes from. But I think ultimately, if your mission is embedded enough in your company, you don't need to have these kind of special, special conditions uh, to be a okay. social entrepreneur. So let's do a bit of future gazing. So Vicky, what could the world look like if social transformation was the main driving force behind tech? And I know that's a big question. It is a huge question. And I, and I suppose there are some themes that we've seen through the podcast series of, of what underpins what a number of ventures are trying to achieve. So it's, it's about democratisation. It's about empowerment. It's about enabling people. And I think those are the themes that whatever the tech solution, and we've seen from the projects that we've been looking at, that the tech doesn't need to be funky tech. It's, it's appropriate tech for the need, but how tech can be brought to bear on more situations to address current social challenges, but also to take preemptive action. Um, it's always much easier to dispel a social challenge before it's even fully formed rather than trying to tackle something that's become very ingrained. I think, you know, one of my real kind of areas of interest is how can we use tech to help us to become more human? And what I mean by that is how can, you know, it give us a sense of freedom and a sense of choice in the way that we run our own lives. And many of the examples that we've seen throughout the podcast have been able to do that. So going to Rwanda and using drones to help deliver medical support or using SMS messaging, all of those things for me is a it's really a bigger social impact in terms of giving people access to change and take control of their own lives. I think that for me is where it's really getting exciting. Absolutely. And, and so the ability for tech to level the playing field and make the world a more accessible and inclusive place for everyone to thrive is, is another thing that really interests me. And this is summed up really well by the work of 5AI, which are looking at self-driving vehicles um, as a, to providing a service for everyone and not just for the uber wealthy. And actually, let's just hear a clip from them now. Self-driving technology really has the potential to effectively to democratise access to, to transport services. So we think that we 
can provide really universal kind of low-cost access to transport for everybody. So regardless of where you live, be it, you know, right in the heart of the city centre or maybe out in, in the suburbs, and, and regardless of your income level as well. So and we really hope we can help to reach some of those people who may not currently be very well served by existing transport services, but also to provide services that are much more flexible, much more personalised to individuals, particularly people who may want to use routes or to travel at times of day where demand is perhaps lower and it may not be economical or affordable or practical to kind of offer human-driven services, we think we'll be able to fill that gap for people. So we'll definitely be able to offer people much better access to things like employment and education and and, and public services and social care and, and all of these things that are reliant on good transportation. So, Vicky... We are now coming to the end of the show, the the end of the last show. It's been great speaking with you today, but I think this is a great point for you to tell our listeners more about Social Tech Trust's grant funding programme and how it can help. So, yeah, at Nominet Trust, we're, we're in the process of renaming into Social Tech Trust. We'll have a new website coming soon, socialtechtrust.org. And we're still very much committed to supporting early stage uh, tech ventures who have a social mission. And to kick that off, we're launching a half million pound grant fund and we'll be seeking applications from July. The theme is Tech to Unite Us. Could you expand on Tech to Unite Us? What does that actually mean? It's, it's a bit of a rallying call. Okay. Um, so we all use tech as, as individuals, but what we're really seeking out through this new fund is early stage um, ventures who are using technology to help build communities and bring people together. So fostering unity in communities and society. Thanks, Vicky. I mean, that's really exciting and I can't wait to find out more and good luck with the launch. Thank you. But for now, for our listeners, if you want to find out more, please go to nominatetrust.org.uk. Well, we have come to the end of the show. Vicky, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for all, you know, your support and to the team. It's been, you know, really inspiring to have these conversations with people who not only see this as their work, but they see it themselves as activists and entrepreneurs. So it's been a real pleasure. It's been a great collaborative effort that really typifies the the way that we work as a trust. So nice one. Thank you. (laughs) Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen.